What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sports. I'm okay Davis here with you on Monday. Hope you enjoyed your sports weekend, whether you're watching Ryder Cup or MLB playoffs or week three that was in the NFL. I did all right with my parlay. I mean, I lost it because you got to win all 15. But uh, when you consider the games that I did lose, I think I was all right. I picked 49ers, you know, came down to the last second. Bucks was close, so you knew it was going to be a tough one there. Raiders, I thought for sure they beat the Dolphins. Patriots, how did they lose to the Saints at home? Steelers, Bengals, all right. It was minus two and a half. Probably could have went Bengals there thinking it was going to be closer. And Ravens, I mean, they had to win on a 66-yard field goal from the greatest kicker of all time in Justin Tucker. Hit the crossbar and bounced in, which is also rare. They should have crushed the Detroit Lions. That was that spread was minus seven and a half. Come on. Maybe that means there's more parity in the NFL than we thought. Possibility. I'll get into those games. We also got Major League Baseball coming down to the last week of the season. Who's in? Who's out? Who I predict will be in and out is more like it. And we'll get into that as well. As I look at some of my unsettled bets that are still out there. They have to deal with baseball. Toronto Blue Jays. I picked them to win the World Series. Probably not going to happen. I do have them to be the American League winner. So I got a lot riding on that. A lot riding on that. But first I want to start with what is becoming even more of a problem for the NBA. In my mind, maybe in your mind too, the NBA has always been probably the quote-unquote Players League, that there has been a bending uh, from the powers that be in the way of the players. That has happened in more ways than one. You know, people joke LeBron James runs the Lakers, he ran the Cavs a second go round, not the first. He can't run the Heat. I mean, it's Pat Riley. But he probably had some input, as that was in some people's mind the first time that they felt like players were dictating where they wanted to go as free agents when Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James joined up together in Miami. Went to what, four NBA finals in a row, one, two, if my memory serves correct. But this has gone too far. And you've seen it from fans, um, 
the media reporting on the number of star players, Kyrie Irving seems to be the one that's drawing the most um, ire on one side and uh, support on the other. He is firmly against taking the COVID shot. So he didn't attend media day at Barclays Center because you've got to be vaccinated in order to participate in big events, including sporting events. And of course, California is the other state where that's the issue. And I question, I wonder, is LeBron taking the shot? My thing is when I look at the the news and who's in the headlines is what is going, because, okay, so here's the thing. You've got Kyrie Irving being vocal. Then you've got LeBron James saying that whether he's vaccinated or not is a private matter. And, in my mind, when you have LeBron James saying, quote, anything I do off the floor is predicated to my family for the majority or 99% of that. It's about the health and safety of my family. That's what it came down to, being available to my teammates on the floor is about taking care of my body and me doing everything I can to make sure I'm available. I'm available both mentally, physically, and spiritually as well. So because we don't see a report that says LeBron James is not available for media day, I am assuming that they're vaccinated or the opposite. And the reason why I'm bringing up LeBron is because he is the NBA. That's the one that if you look behind the curtain, if you look at all of the players in the NBA, what the NBA does, what the MBPA, that's the Players Association for the NBA does, everything is predicated on what LeBron James does. If LeBron James is vaccinated and is 100% doing PSAs and pro-vaccinated, then I think the majority of players would get vaccinated. Kyrie Irving might be the outlier and then maybe some other players who try to say, no, look, LeBron doesn't run me. Yeah, he does. Rob Palinka, the GM of the Lakers, says, quote, on opening night, all of the players that are currently signed on our roster will be deemed fully vaccinated. We're grateful for that. And that he appreciated the assistance of UCLA Health and the team doctors towards that end. California is big on... making sure that everyone is vaccinated. And so in my mind, when I look at Kyrie Irving and he doesn't want to get vaccinated and, you know, you got Kevin Durant saying, quote, that's on Kyrie and that's his personal decision. What he does is not on us to speculate what may happen. We trust in Kyrie and expect us to have our whole team at some point. Harden said, end quote for Kevin Durant, quote from James Harden, obviously Kai is a huge part of what we're trying to do, end quote. A huge part, 
He is everything. Not because he's the best player. I think he's number three behind Kevin Durant and James Harden. But you saw when all three of them were not together, haven't played together on a regular basis, their communication, understanding how to play with each other was simply not there. And it will never be there if more and more states, maybe even the federal government, steps in and and the states say, no, you got to be vaccinated to play in a large event in our state. So how many games is Kyrie going to miss? Home games. We're already talking about 41 if he doesn't get vaccinated because he can't play in New York. If he can't play in California, that's what? A game against the Lakers, a game against the Clippers, Sacramento. Like it's Golden State. At least three of those teams are teams that you may see in the NBA Finals that you want to play against them. The NBA can no longer be a player's league. If vaccination from COVID-19 is going to be the issue. I can't imagine you would end up in a lockout because the majority of players were saying, look, this isn't a normal CBA about how much money we make. This is just for you to get a shot. You want to talk about how many shots you did, didn't get in the game? There's one shot, maybe two, depending on which one you take. Maybe three if you need a booster because you're immune compromised. Or because they just want you, they just say, hey, everybody needs a booster. When you look at the larger picture of that, we're doing this for our country, the health of everyone, kids, adults, the elderly, just get the shot. Just get the shot. Speaking of shots, I'm looking at the Major League Baseball schedule and who has the best shot of getting in or not. As it stands, the Yankees and Boston Red Sox who beat up on each other, shout out to Jeremy watching the games all weekend as I was with him over the weekend. The Yankees and Boston are in the wild card spots. The top two wild card teams from each league make the postseason and play each other in a one game playoff. Now that'd be amazing. Yankees, Boston, one game playoff for the eight, for the chance to make it into the playoffs with Tampa, Houston, and Chicago waiting. In the National League, you got Dodgers, St. Louis, not as sexy of a game, but still two storied franchises. It's highly unlikely that Cincinnati or Philadelphia who were six games out of the wild card or San Diego, who's nine games out of the wild card can get in. I feel bad for San Diego. And then you hear about the mom and two year old that fell over the railing and died in Petco Park. That's always sad. How many times do you walk upstairs in the arena and you're like going to your seat and you're like, whoa, this is really steep. I think it would behoove all leagues to have some sort of a taller glass, maybe even some kind of a mesh net 
that also extends out? Probably not mesh. It probably needs to be harder than that. Something that can withstand the weight of, you know, at least three, four, five hundred pounds. But I think as time, as much as you think about foul balls and they, you know, raise the nets and extended them out the third and first baseline even further so people don't get hit by by balls or bats flying in the stands. And in hockey, they have the tall glass. I think it's time for all arenas to think about having tall glass. As much as it's sad, you know, yeah, it'll affect the acoustics. You got to think about something to protect the fans. But I digress. I know I got off topic there. The wild card this week is the best week in baseball after opening day. It is. Yes, I mentioned an NL is not as close, but in American League, you've got Oakland that's three games back, Seattle two games back, Toronto Blue Jays one game back, and I said the AL East and the NL West were going to be the tightest races in Major League Baseball at the start of season. What do you have? Toronto, Boston, Yankees, and Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa Bay is way ahead of them, but still, it's you've got three teams of the five teams in the AL East that have got a chance to get into the wild card. Of course, you could flip it and say, well, you also got Seattle and Oakland and Houston, so the AL, the AL West is also a tight race, too. When you look at the team futures to make the playoffs right now you can only bet on at least on DraftKings you can only bet on the Red Sox at minus 320 yes to make it plus 245 no they won't make it that's it you can go to props HQ to get on to other betting sites as well I like some of the matchups for World Series. You can name the finalists. Astros-Cardinals plus 4,000. That's a long shot. Red Sox-Dodgers, that could be it. You could get that at plus 3,000. That's, that. you know, you have a little fun with it. The team can get hot. You never know. So that's interesting. That's fun. But when you look at predictions and you think about, okay, who's really going to get in? The Red Sox play at the Orioles and at the Nationals. Now, if you're a Red Sox fan and you live in the D.C. DMV area, I mean, that's six games you can go to. I mean, right there. I always say D.C. and Baltimore should partner together, which I believe they did in 20, for hoping to get the 2024 games. I think they were pitching that in 2016 to get the Olympics. I mean, but this is, oh, I mean, most likely the Red Sox are in. You're playing two teams that, as I mentioned a couple podcasts ago, if you're an Orioles fan or a Nats fan and you want to play spoiler, yes, this is great. Knock them out. But the Red Sox have already won 12 of the 16 games against the Orioles. All right, maybe they win one, Nats win one, but most likely it means the Orioles are still in. The Yankees are at the Blue Jays. That's going to be fun to watch. And then at the Rays. So I think the Blue, J- the Blue Jays are in a prime position to not only knock out the Yankees, but help them get in. And the Rays just love beating the Yankees. So I think if you're a Yankees fan, you are sweating this week. They have 
been below 500 against the Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays. 6-10 against Toronto, 7-9 against Tampa Bay. That doesn't look good if you're a Yankees fan. Blue Jays play the Yankees and the Orioles at home, which, by the way, oh, yes, that was on the road for the Yankees. So the Blue Jays get to stay home for six games. The Blue Jays are 11-5 against Baltimore, have outscored them 44-19. So, yeah, I think if you're uh, looking at the Blue Jays, which I did pick them to make the playoffs, that's looking really good right now. The Mariners have three games against the Athletics at home and then against the Angels at home. The Angels obviously are out of the playoffs. No chance. Well, obviously, they're not out-out, I guess. But, yeah, they're out. No, they're out. What am I talking about? Excuse me. Excuse me. I don't don't know why I said they're not out. They are out. But they're in the playoff race because they can dictate what happens to the Mariners. They had a four-game sweep of the Rays last week, and that put them in a position... Excuse me, the Mariners had a four-game sweep of the A's, not the Rays. And now they play another four games at home against the Athletics. They're 22-10 and 10 against the A's and the Angels. So the Mariners have a good shot too. That's going to be the fun thing is this could come down to the very last game. The Athletics are at the Mariners and at the Astros, so I think the likelihood of them getting in or not. I think you're looking at the Athletics on the outside and the Yankees on the outside, Red Sox in, and I'm going to say based on their lineup and being young, I pick the Blue Jays to get in the playoffs more than I pick the Mariners. In the NL West, the... San Francisco Giants and the Dodgers. The Dodgers are in. I mean, they're in. All right, they're in. That's a fact. Most likely St. Louis is in as well. So there really isn't much to talk about. But the Dodgers play the Padres and the Brewers to end the season. Giants play the Diamondbacks or the Padres. In the wildcard race, it's most likely just going to be the Cardinals. They play the Brewers and the Cubs. So that's kind of it. Now the Reds play the Pirates in a makeup game, then at the White Sox and at the Pirates. I just don't see it. I think they're done. So I think you're looking at the Cardinals and Dodgers getting in. But then it comes down to who's going to win the crown to be the NL East champion so that's why Philly is still kind of in it because they are two and a half games back of Atlanta maybe the Braves are against the Phillies so that's going to be fun and then against the Mets both home both at home and the Phillies are at the Braves and at the Marlins so if the Phillies can whoop up on the Braves in Atlanta, and then go down to Miami, okay, maybe. The Phillies have a 9-7 to record over the Braves. 
head-to-head matchups. If the Mets get Syndergaard and Jacob DeGrom back, maybe that doesn't look good for the Braves against the Mets. And if you're the Mets, what better thing can you do than to knock out the Atlanta Braves? You've got Dodgers in San Francisco vying for the, vying for the NL West. The Dodgers are two games back. And the Giants play the Diamondbacks and the Padres at home. The Dodgers play the Padres at home and the Brewers at home. So everybody's at home. What, four hours separate the two cities? The only thing you can bet on right now, at least on DraftKings, is the American League League winner. Astros plus 200, Rays plus 300, White Sox plus 300, Yankees plus 600. You can get the Blue Jays at plus 1,600. The Mariners at plus 10,000 and the Athletics at plus 25,000. It's probably not going to happen for the Athletics. It's probably not. But you know, you can buy that for a dollar. If it comes through, you're like, woohoo! But it's going to be fun watching the, the... the race to the finish, if you will. The final week in Major League Baseball and seeing how these teams uh, match up against each other. Fangraphs Playoff Odds is another website you could use to help you determine the playoff odds. Never perfect, though. Never perfect. What has been perfect so far is the National Football League season. I don't know. Every week I feel like I don't know if there's been a better Sunday. This was just another great week of games. Packers beat the Niners. Niners had a chance to win it in the last seconds. They couldn't do it. Rams are still undefeated. After they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Cali, 34-24. Vikings, I said they beat the Seahawks. I figured that. I didn't figure that the Raiders would need overtime to beat Miami. Raiders, by the way, made news as well for having a play called the Damian Lillard. I mean, come on. How much fun is that? Broncos blanked the Jets. I expected that. Chargers over Chiefs, I called that. Same for Browns over Bears. I did not think the Bengals would lose to the Steelers. The Steelers really do not look good. My Washington football team doesn't look good. As the Buffalo Bills beat them 43-21. I'm so tired of thinking my friends and family thinking Taylor Heineke can be the savior for the Washington football team. No, we're doomed. We're doomed if you want to put your faith in him. Falcons beat the Giants. I won that game narrowly. I expected the Cardinals to beat the Jaguars. I expected the Titans to beat the Colts. I called that one. I did not expect the Saints to beat the Patriots. And the Detroit Lions just know how to lose in style. They get there the lion's share, if you will, of the greatest losses of all time. 
as Justin Tucker hits what is the longest field goal in football history, 66 yards, hitting the crossbar and bouncing in. That's just great. That's just great. It was another great weekend of football. I did not expect Green Bay to win that game. That really surprised me. As if you listen to me, I do a color cast with Dexter Henry. You can download the app ColorCast. And we do, you know, our own version of calling the game. We are focusing on the Steelers this year. So we will be calling all of the Steelers games through week eight right now. I've really enjoyed it. But also, we don't just talk about the Steelers and, and their opponent, which happened to be the Bengals this past week, but also the NFL. So I went off on my little tangent about Aaron Rodgers again. You never know what you're going to get out of him. You don't. One week to the next. One week he likes Matt LaFleur in the front office. Next week he doesn't, and he's mad at Jordan Love. A little too much. Maybe Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are okay after losing that first game to New Orleans. That's quite possible. I don't know. But it was a great, great, great week of football. Matthew Stafford is for real. There's any opportunity whatsoever for you to take a flyer on him to win MVP. Put money down there because they look good. I like what they're doing. I mean, you're playing the Rams defense. I mean, you knew it was going to be tough. I mean, you knew it. But after three weeks of football, I still feel, especially after the way the Rams beat the Bucks. I don't know, and I don't know if you can pick out a favorite team anymore. If I had to look at least at the undefeated teams, are the Cardinals for real? Uh, I'd say the Rams, who are also 3-0, are more for real than the Cardinals because they've been there before. The Cardinals have played some really bad teams to start the season. I mean, at Tennessee was a good one, but I also would say first game of the season, the Cardinals and the Tennessee Titans are trying to feel their way into the season. You beat a bad Jacksonville team in week three and you barely beat Minnesota by one. So I think the Rams are more for real than the Cardinals. And if you look at uh, team futures, maybe you want to put Super Bowl in there. You can get the Rams at plus 800. That's not bad. But also, if you do believe in the Cardinals, you can get them at plus 3,500. That's pretty good, too. But I think the Rams are for real. Cardinals are not. Panthers. Uh, I don't think they're a good 
three and O team. What are they doing with Sam Darnold? I feel like I don't quite know what to make of the Cardinals. You never know if Christian McCaffrey's going to stay healthy, but they beat the Jets, a bad Jets team. Then they beat the Saints 26 to 7 and then at the Texans. So, you know, I feel like you beat three teams that are really, you know, the Texans are not the Texans because they don't have Deshaun Watson. The Jets are bad. We knew they're bad. And the Saints, you know, you never know which week you're gonna what you're gonna get with Jameis Winston, but they have a new quarterback. Then the other two undefeated teams are the Raiders, who I think are for real with Derek Carr. Can't believe I'm saying this about John Gruden, but at the same time, uh, the Broncos are also undefeated at 3-0. Teddy Bridgewater. What's in the water? What's going on there? Now, yeah, they beat the Giants and the Cardinals, two bad teams. 27-13, 23-13 respectively, and then the Jets 26-0, 26-0, excuse me. So week four is a big week. They play the Ravens. Then they're at the Steelers. Then the Raiders. That's three straight games. Then the Bronco, the Browns, excuse me, four straight games that you could say, we'll know if the Broncos are for real by the time we get to week seven then I would say they have something. The Raiders, they won their first two games of the year last year, then lost two in a row. I misspoke in the last podcast, and I looked it up after the podcast. I thought they were undefeated like the first six games, but that's not the case. But I think they are for real this year. They beat Baltimore in overtime, 37-27. They handled the Steelers in Pittsburgh, 26-17. Then they beat Miami, 31-28 in overtime. So I do think they're for real, but I also think you could say, hey, Jamoke, you also called two of those games were overtime, so they barely won. So I'm going to say, let's see how they do against the Los Angeles Chargers in week four. Because then they play Chicago at home at Denver and then versus Philly. They beat the Chargers. I think they've got a chance to be 7-0, 6-1 by the time they get to their bye week in week eight. So again, if I look at who's for real as an undefeated team, Who's it's not a, who who you would say it's not a fluke? I always like Derek Carr, and they have a Super Bowl winning head coach in Chucky John Gruden. So I think at three and zero they got lucky, so they're for real. And I think at three and zero the Rams are for real. Another team you could book right now, as I mentioned for the playoffs, but at plus eight hundred. You can also get them at plus 400 to win an NFC. Tonight, it's the Dallas Cowboys 
against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, is this a game I really would watch? I feel like the Cowboys are always, always overrated because they're America's team. So everyone wants to say, oh, they're really good. I mean, what else are you going to say? When I guess, you, you know, there are some times that they've been really bad, but... You know, you've got Philly at Dallas at 8.15. And I got to make a pick. The Cowboys are favored at minus three and a half. I picked the Cowboys to win. You've got the number one ranked defense in the Eagles against the number six ranked defense in the Cowboys. But both of these offenses are putrid. 29 and 27th ranked respectively. So don't expect it to be a high-scoring game. That wouldn't be good. In order for the Cowboys to win, they're going to need a much better game from Ezekiel Elliott. And in primetime, he's averaging almost 100 yards. He's at 97 career rushing yards per game, the most by any player since 1970. It's funny, as I was doing some research uh, the Cowboys beat the Eagles in the last matchup, by the way, 37-13. to 13. But the uh, I was looking at NFL.com, and they've got Lamar Jackson playing for the Dallas Cowboys against Jalen Hurts on their website. That's interesting to see. Hopefully somebody will fix that soon. Hopefully very soon. I don't even know if they know it. But it's up there. And the actual quarterback is Dak Prescott. Much different quarterback than than uh, Lamar Jackson. The Eagles don't give away the ball, but also... Don't cause many turnovers either. We'll see how much C.D. Lamb will uh, rip through the Eagles defense, which isn't going to be easy between him and Ezekiel Elliott. The Eagles have lost three straight road games versus the Cowboys. And the Eagles have a pretty good running game. We'll have to see what they do with Tony Pollard in the backfield. So this will be fun. It's going to be exciting. Now, I have decided I'm going to stick with my pick. I expect the Cowboys to win and cover. They are favored at minus three and a half. Over under is 51. I'm going to take the under. Moneyline Eagles at plus 160. Cowboys at minus 190. I'm taking the Cowboys. I think they will win outright. Enjoy your Monday night football and the rest of the weekend sports for Major League Baseball. Is a woo. It's gonna be fun, fun uh, as as multiple teams in the NL and AL are vying for the wild card spot and one uh, division title as well between the Braves and Phillies. Should be fun. Ciao for now, everybody.